listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. We are starting a new series uh, this month uh, called The Blessed Life. And uh, this is super exciting for me uh, to be able to go into this series because Uh, In the 30 months that this church has been in existence, I want you to just let that settle in for a moment. Our church is 30 months old this month, okay? That's what you do with a newborn when you're not ready to start giving out the actual numbers yet. You make people do long division. How How old is your baby? 49 months. Everybody's like 12 goes into 49. Why don't you just say four? Right? But we're 30 months old, and, and, and uh, God has done some tremendous things uh, with this church and with this community of people in 30 short months. I'm going to give you the reason why I believe God has been so gracious to us in such a short period of time is because the people in this church are generous. And the people that are in this church literally live the blessed life. I'll be giving you uh, uh, some context for that so you can really understand what we're talking about, but I want you to consider this. Um, In uh, uh, the just over uh, uh, close to three years that we've been a church, uh, our church has donated uh, and given to missions $380,000 and counting. You should give God praise for that. You really should. We started the church in September of 2015. When we began the church in September of 2015, we understood that the way uh, that uh, uh, we are blessed by God is to be able to give to what he gives us. And so uh, we started in September of 2015, and we kept track of our giving between September of 2015 and the end of the year. And our giving for that year was $16,000, a little over $16,000. In uh, the year 2016, our giving was $253,000. In, in, in just a year and a half, it wasn't even the whole year if we're just only counting the first three or four months of uh, 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 2015. 2017, our giving was about 115 dollars to $120,000 for the year. God has literally blessed us to be able to give. It is an incredible thing, and here's the context that I want you to have. In the 30 months that we've been a church, there's only been two messages that we've preached here on giving in 30 months. And I think that was done for two reasons. Number one, God wanted to prove a point that uh, he knows how to speak to people about opening up their hearts and giving. The other one was to take away any excuse from any visitor to think that we were here for money. That's one of the knocks against the church all the time. I won't go to church because all they want is your money. Well, yeah, not us. We don't want your money. We want you to give your heart to God. And if you give your heart to God, money will be a part of 
giving your heart. Because wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, so I want to talk about the blessed life. Over the next four weeks, that's all we're going to talk about is the blessed life so you can understand the context that we're talking about. Here's a scripture I want you to have right off the top. It's Acts chapter uh, number 20 and verse number 35. It says this, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, here's, here's the thing that I love about this quote that Luke writes in the book of Acts. You can't find this quote that Jesus speaks anywhere in the Gospels. But the Holy Spirit, divinely writing through Luke, wants to make sure that it is put in there, hey, uh, uh, there's a lot of things that the, the, that the disciples wrote down that Jesus said in the Gospels. There's one phrase that, uh, that didn't get into the Gospels, and I want to make sure it's in the New Testament that, so they'd understand that it is far more blessed to give than it is to receive. So the title of this message, I want you to write this down. All my nerds, write this down. Why? Because nerds rule the world. The title of this message is The Happy Life. The Happy Life. If you really want to live a happy life, you'll be a giver. Because it is far more blessed to give than it is to receive. I want you to write down this statement so you can have it. And that way, if anybody asks you during this series, uh, uh, what is the blessed life? This is the answer that I want you to give them. Write this down. The blessed life is not give to get. It's give to give. The blessed life is not give to get. It is give to give. See, there's been a false doctrine that's been preached for at least the last 15 to 25 years, and that is that uh, uh, God wants you to be rich, and that if you would sow a seed, he will make you rich. That's a give-to-get doctrine. That's a give-to-get mentality. That's not in the Bible. That if you would sow a $1,000 seed, that God is going to come right behind you and give you 10 grand, because this is somehow some kind of scratch-your-lottery kingdom of God gospel that, that you're, you're, you're basically like placing wedges and hope you hedge your bet. And, 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 and after the sermon, hey, I'm going to preach a really good sermon. And under the anointing of this sermon, you should sow a seed right now. And a breakthrough is going to come back to you in about 22 minutes. Anybody ever tested this? Anybody ever got mad? Tell the truth. You ever got mad? You came down there emotional after the service. <laughs> I'm sowing my seed. I'm, and now, God, you'll meet my need. And then you're waiting for that hundred to turn into a thousand. And then you wait for about two or three weeks. And then you're like, what happened, God? I sowed my seed under a great anointing. Where's my harvest? And God's like, oh, uh, uh, I, I, I didn't even tell you to give that. Well, I stood in the thousand dollar line. I was supposed to get a real breakthrough. Like they had a $100 line. They had a $500 line. But that $1,000 line, I went and put it in the dude's hand. And there was supposed to like magically, like I was supposed to have a promotion. Like in 72 hours and it didn't come. 
God, how come it didn't come? And God's like, because I didn't tell him to say that. I'm going to just let that settle for a minute. I'm going to take my time on this. Because we have to break a spirit of false doctrine that has caused a lot of people to get frustrated and a lot of people to wind up in very precarious situations financially in the name of God. I'm telling you now, it is manipulation and financial abuse. God's not going to tell you to give your mortgage. He gave you the provision to pay your mortgage. He's not going to tell you to give the mortgage. And if he does tell you to give it, you'll know it's him. Not because somebody up here said it, but because somebody in here said it. It would be the Holy Spirit. And you would know it's him because uh, in a couple of days he would have revealed that, that this is what I wanted you to do. And here is the response that I have to your giving. But if you hear from up here and you don't hear it in here, do not do it. Because that won't be the Holy Spirit. It's another spirit. How many people, I sowed my seed and now I'm facing foreclosure. But God told me to give it. The man of God told me to give it. Well, listen, the man of God could be wrong. Ever thought about that? Ever thought about it in all that hype and emotionalism? This, I don't know if this is, hello? Anybody ever kind of, mm. <laughs> come on, show it, $500 right now. You're like, I, you know what, I, I had already planned to give 60 <laughs> I was going to give, I prayed and the Lord said 60 It's a little short. It's about $440 short of what you said. If you give me five weeks, I'll get up to that 500 I want you to live the happy life. The happy life is when you give because he told you to, not give because you were forced to. Let me show you somebody who was living the happy life. Turn to Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19. I'm going to read 10 verses for you. This is an amazing story that's in scripture. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man, named, there, was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a good look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree, sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass by. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus! He said, come, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. I love Jesus. He just invites himself over people's house. That's just gangster. He's like, I'm coming over your house, and literally there's nothing you can do about it. That is just absolutely hilarious to me. Uh, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. 
Jesus responded, salvation has come to this house today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. I want you to uh, write this down. I only have two points for this message. Write down this first point. I want you to see the action of giving. Point number one is the action of giving. You see, Zacchaeus became this extravagant giver because he had an encounter with the Lord. Zacchaeus is this man who's short in stature, but he's super wealthy. He wants to get a really good look at Jesus, and so he climbs a tree just so he can see Jesus when he's passing by. He has literally no expectation of meeting Jesus today. He's not trying to get in a position. He's not jockeying for a position to to try to be uh, 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 within sight lines so we can see Jesus. He just wants to see this guy that everybody's been talking about. His reputation is starting to spread. And so he's like, I'm going to get in the tree. I just want to get a good look at the dude when he comes by. Remember all last month we talked about uh, God's pace. We talked about the fact that Jesus walks. Here's what I love about the fact that Jesus walks. He's able to notice stuff that other people don't notice if they were running. Do you know what would have happened to Zacchaeus had Jesus ran through the town? He'd probably still be in the tree. Like I saw a blur go by. I don't know if that was him, but it did say he was coming today. I'm going to just stay up here a couple more hours. Jesus is so attuned into people. He's walking at such a pace that while he's walking, there's people around him. Oh, Jesus, oh, Rabbi, da, 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 da. He looks up in a tree and sees dude. Because that's kind of a, that's just unusual. It's, 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 when you see kids playing in trees, you're like, that's normal. Okay? When you see teenagers in trees, you go, that's normal. Especially if they have a tree house. That's normal. When you see a grown man who works for the IRS... chilling in a tree, it's a little, you, you know, you would just be like, you know, do a double, is that? Tax collectors just chilling in a tree. Dude is just posted up on a branch. And Jesus comes by, and he doesn't just go, oh, that's interesting. He said, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to have dinner at your house. Jesus is a cool dude. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand, because a lot of people have gotten this uh, so wrong. They see Jesus and uh, the response that sinners had to Jesus. And here's what they say. Jesus hung around sinners. Jesus was so cool. He was so down to earth that he hung around sinners. And a lot of people like to see it from that perspective because they like to justify their carnality. Right? They still want to hang out at the bar. Right? They still want to be in inappropriate settings, so they, they, they still want to be around their, their, their friends that smoke weed. And so I'm not smoking it. I'm just getting the contact high. It's legal in a few states. I just wanted to breathe it in with them. I wasn't, you know, but I'm, how can I reach them? I mean, Jesus hung around sinners. You know what I mean? The only reason why I got turned up. Because Jesus hung around sinners. I had to have a drink with my buddies. I mean, how am I going to reach them if, well, you can't reach them drunk with them. You can't reach them high with them. 
So let's change your perspective. Take your flesh, kill it on the cross. There's enough scripture I can do on that. I'll do a series another day. But suffice it to say, Jesus didn't hang around sinners. Sinners hung around Jesus. He was such a compelling person. They were like, you know what? I would like to hang out with that dude. I, this dude is so intriguing. I'll climb a tree to see him. I know that seems, seems weird to see a, see, see a grown man in a tree, but I want to see this guy that bad. They've been talking about him a lot, and so I just want, I just want to be around him for a minute. And, and, and Jesus says, I'm going to come over your house. He just invites himself over for dinner. Here's the amazing thing. Zacchaeus calls all his tax collector friends. It says, hey, man, Jesus is coming over to my house for dinner. Y'all should come over to the house, too. Jesus just said, I'm coming to your house. Zacchaeus is the one that invited all his friends because they were intrigued by, they wanted to be around Jesus. He gets in the house and without provocation, without a solicitation, without Jesus saying, you know what, my traveling ministry is doing well. There's been healings. I don't know if you've heard or not. I told John, when he, my cousin, when he was in prison, the blind eyes are open. The deaf can hear. I'm rocking, I'm, I'm rocking at least, you know, two resurrections a week. I, I mean, I am. I'm doing it, man. You, you, you should sow into this anointing. I mean, there's a call of God on a lot of people's life. I am God. I mean, if you're going to sow into anybody's ministry, it should be mine. And I know you're a man of means and, and, and you have a lot of wealth and, man, you got all your tax collector friends here. I know y'all have cheated a lot of people out of money and uh, the way you can make that up is just, just so into me. Just give it to me. I, the atmosphere, do you feel the atmosphere is shifting right now? I feel a great anointing, right? Mm, I feel it. You should sow right now. I mean, I, I just believe a breakthrough. Isn't, isn't, your, isn't your mom sick? I'll, I'll heal her right now. That's manipulation. Give to get is manipulation. If it's conditional, if I gave it to you in the hopes that you do something in return, you didn't give that from your heart. You gave that from your head. <laughs> Jesus comes to the house, and because of the way Zacchaeus was identified, because of the way he was validated, because of the way he was seen by God, without provocation, without solicitation, he said, you know what? Hey, listen, I will give up to half of all my money away, and, and, and I'll give it to the poor. And if I've ever cheated anybody, he was a tax collector. Talking about if I ever cheated. <laughs> right? He had to say that with like his fingers crossed behind his back. And if I've ever cheated anybody, and you know the if was just him trying to free his conscience because he says, I'll give up to the Old Testament. He went back to the Old Testament. I'll give up to four times as much. That's the restitution that was supposed to be given in the Old Testament when you cheated somebody out of something. I'll give up to four times as much. And, and Jesus says, look at this guy. I, all I did was notice him, acknowledge him, validate him. And he's ready to give Everything to me. See, 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 th th there is an explosion in someone's heart when God identifies you. 
When you've lived your life stuck in a situation, stuck up in a tree somewhere, hoping the right type of person comes by to get your attention, hoping for some validation, and the Lord says, listen, any other thing you try to get validated by will never bring you satisfaction. It will never bring you wholeness. It will never bring you healing, but I'm going to identify you myself. You are my son. You are my daughter, and I call you by name. If that doesn't explode something in your heart and cause you to release the spirit of giving, nothing will. The action of giving comes from a heart somebody that's been validated by God. Point number two, I want you to write this down. The attitude of giving. Here is the attitude of giving. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. There was a joy behind it. He stuck up in a tree. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to have dinner at your house. He was like, ah! <laughs> Y'all all been walking with him down the street, but he saw me in a tree. What? <laughs> he climbed down out of the tree. I don't know if he, like, jumped or if that was too far because he was short, if he just had to, like, get somebody to, like, do this and, like, hey, help me down. And then he just ran. Oh, my God. Coming to my house, call everybody. There was an excitement. When you give, it should be exciting. If you ever give like this, <laughs> take it. <laughs> Don't give. He would rather not have it like that. If you didn't want to give it, Later on this month, I'll talk about tithing. Tithing is completely different from giving. Giving you can do with whatever you have joy giving. Tithing is different because, see, you give what you want. Tithing is not giving what you want. It's giving back what already belongs to him. You can't give the tithe. The only thing you can do is return it because it didn't belong to you in the first place. So people say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just struggling to give my tithe. No, you're having a struggle returning to God what rightfully belongs to him. And I'll teach on it in depth later, but there's so many people that, well, tithing is not a New Testament principle, and, and I don't see it in Scripture. Well, do, 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 well I, first of all, it is in Scripture, and, and, and I'll get to that. But, but when you see the giving in the New Testament, they gave everything. So, so the people that don't even want to believe in uh, 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 the, the, the tithe uh, have, have to go straight with everything that was written about giving, which was they gave everything. So, so God doesn't want you to give everything. He said, if, if, if you give me 10%, I'll bless 90%, and it will be better than anything that you had if you had 100%. But I don't need you to give 100% because then you'll have nothing. God's really fair. But he says when it comes to giving, here's what I want you to do. Give whatever you want. Give whatever it is you want, and I'll just say thank you. Let me read you some scripture. 2 
Corinthians chapter number 8, starting at the first verse. Here's what Paul is saying uh, to the churches uh, in Corinth. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. I want to stop right there. Here's the thing that I want you to understand about being generous. Uh, It's not contingent on how much you give. It's the heart that you give it with. The churches in Macedonia were very poor, but here's what, here's what Paul said. They, they had a rich generosity about them. They weren't looking at the money and going, oh, come on, you can do better than that. I'm going into somebody's past of church now, right, where you give the offering and they count it in front of everybody. It is a hostage situation. Saints, we're going to need 80 more dollars. We're going to need 80 more dollars. The pastor has reached in his pocket, and and he's pulled out a 20, so we only need 60 more dollars. And it is a hostage situation because everybody's sitting there like, who's going to break first? I wanted to go to Chick-fil-A after we left, so I know it's closed on Sunday. I still want to go. And everybody's just sitting there, poker face. Well, here comes Sister Sarah with $3. And so it is just, everybody starts pulling. Out of a sudden, everybody got singles. That is just, just, just pulled, got a sock out. Here's $4. That is awkward. That is just weird. That's uncomfortable. Do you like being in that situation? Can you imagine God moving on your heart and you walk up to a homeless person and give them $10 and they go, well, listen, I'm going to need another five. And then I'll I'll really feel like the the moment you gave the 10, that was the release of what you wanted to give. Anything after that becomes something that feels weird. That's not God. The moment it feels weird, it ain't him. Macedonia was poor, and they were like, listen, we're going to give, and I'm just making up numbers now, right? We're going to give from all the churches. We have $383 that we can give to the church in Jerusalem. That's where the gospel started, and we wouldn't even have the gospel if it wasn't for what the Holy Spirit did in Acts chapter number 2, falling on those Jews, and now we get to experience this. This is amazing. We have $383, and here's what Paul said. Man, that is amazing. I've been to the churches in Macedonia. It is so poor. You guys are are coming from such a low, broken socioeconomic breakdown. But but here's the thing. You are so generous. He wasn't like, you could do more. He goes, this is amazing that you're even able to give this much. It's a fantastic thing how we celebrate givers. Verse number three. I, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but more. And they did it of their own free will. Underline it. Do a lap around it. They did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege, get this, of sharing in this gift for the believers in Jerusalem. It's a privilege to be able to give. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us 
just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. And this is an awesome thing that he says. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Now, you'll remember uh, in 1 Corinthians, if you, if you go back and read it, God had given uh, the Corinthian churches some incredible spiritual giftings. When, 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 when Paul brought the uh, gospel to that region and the Holy Spirit fell, they had, they had all the giftings of the Holy Spirit working in full measure. And here's what Paul is saying. I don't want you to be uh, uh, more excited and excel at your spiritual giftings and lack the gift of giving. You're not going to be able to just run around the church speaking in tongues, prophesying all day, and then not have a heart to give. I want you to excel in your giving in the same way you excel in spiritual gifts. That is why we're teaching this this month, not because we need it. You all are some incredible givers. I'm not teaching this because we need money. I'm teaching this because I want you to live a happy life. And the happy life is when your heart explodes with generosity, not just in your spiritual giftings, but in the natural resources finances that God has given you. It gets really, really fun. Several years ago, I was a young adult pastor, and uh, I was teaching on giving to young adults. Now, uh, young adults by nature are just selfish, right? They make money, and then they're like, we ain't got no money. Let's go to dad's house. And you're like, you have a job. Get out of my pocket in Jesus' name. This is what you have to tell them. Because they're just out of those teenage years being taken care of, but now they have some money in their pocket, but they don't want to spend their money. They want to spend your parent. They want to spend the parents' money. All the parents say amen. Right? You're like, please get your hand out of both of my pockets, my back pocket, my wallet, my checking account, my credit card. Please leave me alone. I paid for your college. Leave me alone. Eat your ramen noodles and behave. They come home. They wash their clothes at your house. Right? I just came to wash some clothes. Then why are you still eating a third of the groceries that were supposed to last us into the middle of March. How is it gone today? Right? What is happening is you have these, you, you, you have people that, that, that just passed that, that stage of being taken care of. It's time for them to take care of themselves. So when you start telling them to give, they're like, well, I don't have no money. I, I can't give. And I started teaching on giving to young adults. And the explosion happened in their heart. And they started giving. They started giving so good. Uh, pe- the, 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 you know, this, our church, uh, the young adult ministry was an auxiliary. So, so the leadership up from, uh, from us was going, what, what, what are y'all doing over there? That, that, those, those are some substantial offerings that are coming from these young adults. We need to pay attention to them. They're tithing? Oh, yeah, they're tithing. And they're giving on top of their tithe? Oh, yes, they're giving on top of their tithe. Well, well, what did you do? I taught them the word. And then the Holy Spirit dealt with their heart, and they started giving. Not, they couldn't give at the same level. Like, people weren't buying people houses and giving away cars. They were just starting in the workforce. But where they could, they did. Now, this is, this is the way I've always been. God has given me the grace of giving. If it was up to me, there would be no money. 
in none of my accounts. I would just give it, I would just, it would, I would be making it rain everywhere. I, Okay. I remember one day, and I think Rory's here. Where is Rory? Rory's right there. Uh, I was teaching. I was teaching on giving, and 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 I I, I will I will knock people out. I'm I'm already uh, 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 known for uh, buying people's groceries and and Starbucks lines and food. And we were at the airport over the uh, uh, just yesterday, and um, we had a long layover. And so I bought. It just it was so sweet. The lady bought the bill to both sides of us and right when she laid it down the Holy Spirit said pay for both and I just picked up both the tabs and this person on this side was like what are you doing and this person on this side was like what are you doing and I was like both of y'all gonna deal with it <laughs> just want to be a blessing to you today and, and they were so thankful here's the thing I, they didn't I didn't right come to come to Embassy City when you get to Dallas no just take the bye I didn't give to get something I give to give. It's far more blessed to be able to give than to receive. So I'm sharing this and, and, and talking about what I can do on my level at that time. And Rory was like, man, I, listen, I don't have the opportunity. Uh, uh, I'm a single father. I, I got responsibilities and bills and, and a child. And, and I, don't, I don't get to give uh, uh, like that. He was single at the time. He's married now, so don't. He's off the radar. He's I didn't want anybody to be like, well, <laughs> do tell. <laughs> so, it's <laughs> so ridiculous. It's so funny. So, um, uh, he came up to me. He was like, man, I, I, I can't give like that. And I was like, you're not supposed to give like that. You're supposed to give the way you can give. So one day, uh, if I have the story right, he was walking out of a grocery store with his daughter, and there was a little girl that was on the little pony ride. You know, like you just drop the quarter in and, and ride the little pony thing, if they even have those anymore. Um, and do y'all remember those? Okay. So I just wanted to make sure y'all were like, I shop at Costco. I don't know. I can buy a pony, but I just don't. So... Um, he walks out, and, and the, the, the mother was telling the little girl, hey, get, get, off, the, get off the little ride. Uh, and she said, mommy, I want to ride it. And, and she said, well, I don't have any money for you to, to ride the ride. And the Holy Spirit told Rory, pay for her ride. It was a, like a quarter. And he reached in his pocket, and he put it inside that ride. And that little girl, <laughs> and here's the thing. The woman, do I have this story right? The, the, the woman was like, oh, thank you so much. Like he just bought her groceries for a month. <laughs> thank you so much. That was so kind of you. It was a quarter. And it still released the same type of joy as if he would have dropped $1,000 on her. See, and, and the way he felt was the equivalent to somebody that can give a house away. It was the equivalent to somebody that can, can, can pay somebody's scholarship uh, for four years of college. The, the, the heart doesn't know the difference based on the amount. It knows the difference based on the heart to give. 
So let me, le- let me read you. Are y'all getting anything out of this? I'm like, I'm so excited for y'all. Like, if you get this, oh, my God, it's going to be, ah, it's going to be amazing. So, so I only want to read you one more thing. So, so 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. Here, here's what I want you to leave with. This is the scripture I want you to leave with, okay? You must each decide. Man, remember, we're talking about giving, okay? This is, oh, this, man, this is going to, re- oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, this is going to release you so good, you will never be manipulated again. You, listen, you will never be manipulated again. You will never have to be in any atmosphere, any church setting, any, any weird, creepy thing where somebody's like, well, you, you, you know, you, you should give something to me and, and I'm a prophet. And I've, I've heard it all. I've just been in ministry a long, long time. And I've heard so much wacky, crazy stuff. But then when you have scripture, they're dead. Like, it's just really, it makes it really easy. It's like, oh, that was awesome. Bang. And then they're like, oh, I'm melting. Right? They just, they don't know what to do with it. Second, Second Corinthians chapter number nine, verse number seven. Here's what it says. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Woo! That is awesome. How liberating is that? Which means you don't get to tell me what to give. There's 100 people in here that can give $5,000. It ain't me. I'm off the hook. Thank you, Jesus. I get to determine how much I want to give. Five grand ain't it. I'm trying to go on vacation in July. You ain't getting that. You must determine how much you want to give. Not the person up, uh, that's talking determines how much you give. You get to determine how much you give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Freedom is happening all over the building right now. Thank you, Jesus. Next revival you go to, I just feel like God is telling 800 people to give $50, and I'm going to wait. Well, then I'm leaving because it's going to be a long night if you think you're getting $50 from me when I ain't heard him say nothing to me about this. Isn't that liberating? Do not give reluctantly or in response to pressure. It's so liberating. Yay. So if, you, if you're like, I don't know if I want to give it, don't give it. If you feel pressure, oh, oh this feels a little, oh, I, I feel like I'm being put on the spot. Don't give it. Okay, how big the pressure is, don't give it. You don't have to. You have Bible for it. Okay? For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. That is so good. See, my prayer over the next four weeks is that God has an explosion in your heart, and you become one of the happiest, cheerful givers that anybody in your community has ever met. And you just do it on your level. You could be at the little, you know, do-it-yourself car wash, and you got the little vacuum cleaner out, and you got like eight spare quarters, and you just go to the person's, the, the person's bay next to you and just start putting quarters in it. And they'll be like, what are you doing? Be like, oh, you vacuum, I just want to pay for your vacuum. God bless you. Get your car clean. You just do it on your level. 
Let me tell you what happens. The Lord starts going, no, you didn't just pay for that person to get their vacuum. I bet you if I gave you some more money, you'd do it again, wouldn't you? I'll put it in two bays, Lord. Don't, don't test me. <laughs> and you put it in two bays. And he's like, you put it in two bays? I'm like, yeah, I put it in two bays. Well, I bet you if I gave you some more, you'd do some more. I sure would. I wish you would give me some more money. I double dare you to give me some more money. Then the Holy Spirit starts going, you know what? I, I can trust that son and I can trust that daughter that if I tapped them on the shoulder and told them to bless this person, they wouldn't be going through, Lord, is that you? I just want another confirmation. Satan ain't telling you to bless nobody. Pay for that person's meal. Holy Spirit, is that you? Who else could it be? Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He don't, he ain't trying to bless nobody. Let me tell you what happens. The happy life is that when you bless, whether you put a quarter in a merry-go-round or whether you can buy somebody a house, you walk away going, God, thank you that you gave me the opportunity to be a blessing to somebody else. You're going to live the blessed life. You're going to live the blessed life by living the happy life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.